and I'm not trying to be dramatic, but the hours of 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. are probably the most crucial hours to our existence. Welcome back to Simply Ayurveda, a place where we break down the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda to learn how to apply it into our everyday lives. I am your host, Julia, and happy first day of spring. I am so excited to start welcoming warmer weather and longer days. This is a time when our earth gets prepped for the birth of new life as trees and flowers start to bloom again. And as someone who grew up in an environment that experienced all four seasons, I just really love how each season comes with its own unique set of qualities. Last week on the podcast, we talked about these qualities of spring and how Ayurveda recommends moving with the changing seasons to keep our body and mind system balanced. Today we're going to expand on that a little bit because the doshas don't only appear in nature and within our mind-body system. Since the doshas are a combination of the five great elements that make up our entire universe, we actually see these energetic patterns all around us all the time. So today we are going to talk about exactly how the doshas appear in the different hours of the day. We're going to talk about how these circadian rhythms influence our energy and our mood and how we can optimize on these different energies to create more balance in our day-to-day lives. So what are circadian rhythms? Circadian rhythms are physical, mental, and behavioral changes that follow a 24-hour cycle. They also follow lunar, seasonal, and yearly cycles. So when you think of circadian rhythms, the first example that probably comes to mind is the rhythm of sleeping at night and being awake during the day. In fact, it has been known and proven that the time of day affects our bodies. Everything from our eating habits and our digestion to hormone release and even body temperature. When we go against these natural rhythms, there's actually a word for this and it's called chronodisruption. And chronodisruption over an extended period of time, which can look different for everyone, is linked to a host of health concerns. And this includes poor cognitive function, feeling fatigued during the day, mood and sleep disorders, substance abuse, and the list even goes on to things like heart disease, diabetes, obesity, and even some cancers. I find myself thinking about this often, but... If nature or God or whoever, whatever you believe in, since we're talking about Ayurveda, we'll say nature. If nature does such a good job of guiding the animals and all living beings on this planet, why would humans be an exception? We're not an exception. We are also guided by the same rhythms and flow of nature, the same way the animals, the trees, and the plants are. For some animals, it's quite literally a life or death situation to move with the seasons. For humans, if we don't honor the changes, then it will start with an imbalance. But as we all know by now, because I say it over and over again, all diseases start with an imbalance. So it's very important that we increase awareness around the importance of circadian rhythms. And fortunately, Ayurveda gives us a very clear guide as to how we can navigate these natural cycles of life. 
There is a Sanskrit word called dinacharya. Dina means day and acharya means activity. So dinacharya helps us understand the best time for our daily routines. From eating to sleeping to waking up, working out, and everything in between. So let's get started. When we look at the two main circadian cycles that exist, we have the sun cycle and the moon cycle. The sun cycle is our waking hours of the day when we are moving and working and living our lives. And the moon cycle is our sleeping hours of the day when our body is resting, detoxing, and rejuvenating. And the different hours of the day are connected to the three different doshas. So here we go. From 2 to 6 a.m. and p.m., we have vata time of day. From 6 to 10 a.m. and p.m., we have the kapha time of day. And from 10 to 2 a.m. and p.m., we have the pitta time of day. So let's start from the top, from 2 to 6 a.m., vata time of the morning. Vata is the element of air and the energy of movement. Now the key word here is movement. We learned in last season of the podcast that vata dosha governs all movement in nature and in our bodies. So naturally, during the hours of 2 to 6, we see an increase in this energy of movement. 2 to 6 a.m. are the hours of the night when we experience the most dreams, sometimes we wake up because we have the urge to go to the bathroom, and sometimes it's when we just randomly wake up for no reason, and I'm sure we've all experienced this, but usually when this happens, we think it's time to wake up, but then we look at our clock and it's only 4 or 5 a.m., and then we realize we have some extra time to snooze, so we go back to sleep. But then when we wake up at 6 or 7 or whenever we actually do need to get out of bed, it feels so much harder to do so. And I'll circle back as to why it feels so much harder to wake up at that time. But when our body naturally wakes up, Ayurveda says that we should abide by that natural urge. Our ancestors did not need to wake up by the sound of a blaring alarm. They woke up when their bodies told them to, and it was usually during sunrise. So Ayurveda says that we should wake up one to two hours before sunrise or at the least with the sunrise. This makes the hours of 4 to 5 a.m. the most ideal time to get out of bed. And that's because we're in the vata time of day. Vata, the energy of movement. These hours of the early morning are basically trying to help and encourage our bodies to naturally start to wake up. These are also the best hours to get in your meditation. This is when your mind is the most clear and well-rested, and it's well-rested because you followed the Ayurvedic rule of sleeping by 10, which we will get to later. But this is the best time for starting your day slow with some prayer, meditation, or reflection. And so 2 to 6 a.m. are the ideal hours to wake up, meditate, and do some visualization. Now let's come back to what I was saying about snoozing. So if you've experienced waking up at 4 or 5 a.m., but instead of getting up, you said, oh sweet, I get to snooze a little bit longer, but then you snooze and you wake up at 6 or 7, and now it feels impossible to get out of bed. There is a reason for this, 
and it's because we are now in the kapha stage of the morning. Kapha's hours are from 6 to 10. Kapha is the element of water and earth and is therefore our heaviest and most grounded of the energies. One of Kapha's main qualities is that it is stagnant. It doesn't like to move. And so this helps to explain why it feels so much harder to get out of bed because you just want to stay under your warm sheets versus when you naturally woke up a couple hours earlier. So 6 to 10 a.m. make for a great time to get your body moving so that you can shake off that morning heaviness that is naturally associated with kapha dosha. Since you already woke up around 5 or 5.30 and done your meditation, now you're ready to get your workout in, do your morning routine, have a nice morning shower. All these activities help to wake up the body and mind to shake off that morning sluggishness. So now that you got your body moving, you had your shower, now it's time for breakfast. Breakfast should always be eaten by 8 or 8.30. This could look like a warm bowl of oatmeal with some raisins spiced with cinnamon and cardamom. And you know, I feel like ever since intermittent fasting became popular, skipping breakfast became such a norm. And trust me, I used to be so extremely guilty of this. I would literally wait to eat my first meal until 1 or 2 and sometimes 4 p.m., literally killing my digestive fire. So having a small breakfast is very important, especially before you have your coffee. This will help give you so much more energy for the day and will help you stay feeling grounded and steady. And it's so important that we kickstart our digestion so that we can fuel our digestive fire. I've said it before and I will continue saying it, but our digestion is the core of our health. So we have to take care of our digestive system. And you know, if you are not a breakfast person, then you can start with even a small handful of nuts with some raisins or dates, and eventually your system will start to expect food during that time and your appetite will gradually return. So during 6 to 10 a.m., you want to get your body moving, do some exercise, do your yoga, have a shower, eat your breakfast, clock in for work. And what you don't want to do is snooze into this time of day. The increased kapha will mean that you feel less energy, even if you think you're getting more hours of sleep. This brings us into the pitta hours of the day, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., what are the qualities of pitta that we learned from last season? Pitta is hot, it's fiery, it's sharp. It's when our memory and motivation and metabolism are all at its strongest. This is the time of day when we want to plan, organize, and take action. If you have something on your to-do list that you've been putting off for days, do it during these hours of the day. You will feel and have a lot more motivation to just get it done then let's say if you try to do it during the early morning when it's kapha time, when there is this general energy of slowness and heaviness. This is also the best time of day to have your biggest meal. Ayurveda says that lunch should be our biggest and main meal because the sun is at its peak in the sky. This means that our digestion and our digestive fire and metabolism are also at its strongest. If you love eating meat, this is the best time to incorporate that into your meals. Or if you love your raw salads and your hearty grain bowls, you want your lunch to be your most fulfilling meal. 
And, you know, depending on the state of your digestion, if it's optimal or not, but you should notice that around 12 and 1 p.m., this is when you naturally feel the most hungry. So we really want to optimize on this pitta energy of the day. Our energy is at its peak, our digestion is at its peak, and our motivation and drive is at its peak. Things not to do during pitta time, please try to avoid working out if you can. If this is your only time to work out, then try to not have it be too strenuous of a workout. Remember the rule that like increases like. So when we naturally have a lot of this motivation and energy during pitta time, when we add more energy to the mix through having a workout, we are setting ourselves up for a pitta imbalance. And this could add a lot of extra stress and heat to our system. This rule especially applies in the summer. Please avoid afternoon workouts in the summer. It adds way too much heat to the system and you'll likely miss your window to have your biggest meal. Having your biggest meal by 1 or 1.30 p.m. should be your main priority during the pitta hours of the day. Because from there, we now enter our vata time of the day, 2 to 6 p.m. Now, if we followed the pitta advice and ate a substantial meal around noon or 1, we should now be able to maintain our energy levels during this afternoon period. Because typically, this is the time of the afternoon when we tend to feel that energy crash. That's why Ayurveda says, eat a good strong meal for lunch so that you can finish the day feeling good and not craving that 3 p.m., 4 p.m. coffee that's going to keep you awake all night. Vata is the energy of movement. And so we want to prioritize things that require more creativity and brain work. Since we already ate a proper lunch, we should have a good amount of energy during this time. And this will allow our brain to create more space for creativity and ideas. So 2 to 6 p.m. is the best time to prioritize any creative work. It's also a great time to study. And you want to minimize physically rushing around and doing very energetic and physical activities. Like increases like, and vata is the principle of movement. So we don't want to add to this movement physically and increase our vata, but we can take advantage of this natural time of day to get any work done that requires movement of the mind. Now, as we begin to transition and wind down into the evening, we are back in the kapha hours of the night, 6 to 10 p.m. After the sun sets, this is when our brain naturally begins to secrete melatonin and naturally starts its own wind-down process. As our brain and body begin to slow down, so does our digestive system. This is why Ayurveda says, have a big lunch during pitta time when digestion is strong and have a light, easy-to-digest dinner when our digestion starts to slow. When it comes to dinner, we want to try to avoid things like raw vegetables, raw salads, because anything raw tends to have a heavier effect on our digestion. And we also want to minimize or reduce our meat intake, especially compared to the portion that we had for lunch. Instead, we want to prioritize things like vegetable soup, lentil soup, you know, warm bowls of grains and cooked steamed vegetables, rice and mung beans. These are just a few examples that have an easier effect on our digestion. 
And, you know, if you meal prep and you have the same thing for lunch and dinner, then just try to reduce your portion size. Keep lunch big and keep dinner a little bit smaller. The hours of 6 to 10 p.m. are also a great time to reflect on the day, plan for the day ahead, maybe do a slow and restorative yoga asana practice, but you don't want anything too stimulating that's going to wake you up. You want to flow with your body's natural wind-down process and really take advantage of this kapha energy so that you can be guided into a restful night's sleep. Because if we continue to stimulate our body and our mind into the night, and I know I might offend some self-declared night owls by saying this, but when you feel that second gust of energy into the evening as we near 10 and 11 p.m., that doesn't mean you're a night owl. And it doesn't mean that you're supposed to be awake for it. Because what's actually happening here is we are entering our final pitta time of the evening from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And while yes, you do feel a gust of energy, and while yes, this energy benefited us in the afternoon, our body actually uses this second rush of energy very differently in the evening. This is the time when a lot of our vital organs begin their natural detox and rejuvenation cycle. Everything from our skin to our organs, our brain, the liver especially, the body begins to work really hard to digest everything that the body took in that day. Everything we learned, everything we experienced, everything we ate for dinner, everything we took in through our sense organs, our brain begins to compartmentalize all of this for us. And our organs begin to cleanse and release toxins that it accumulated during the day. If we are awake, or if we start snacking late at night, we are entirely disrupting this circadian rhythm. And now, our body cannot expel the toxins it needs to expel. Our brain can't do its proper functions that are crucial for us to wake up feeling good and feeling refreshed. And I'm not trying to be dramatic, but... The hours of 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. are probably the most crucial hours to our existence. Our body needs this time to replenish, to rest, to cleanse, and to rejuvenate so that we can wake up feeling replenished and rejuvenated as well, and so that we can wake up and do it all over again. Otherwise, we are just going to have a buildup of toxins that will eventually start to poison our system and get us sick. When we are young, you know, we can get away with a whole lot. But if we don't course correct ourselves and allow our bodies to return to its homeostasis and these natural rhythms of life, then we are going to grow up with a lot of imbalances and potentially even some liver problems. When they say sleep is so important, it's not just some cliche statement. It has been scientifically proven for 5,000 years how essential good, and timely sleep is. Leave the liver and the mind alone. Let your body do its nightly routine. And you know, by sleeping by 10 p.m., this is what will naturally allow you to wake up by 5, feeling rejuvenated, rested, and ready to take on another day feeling your best self. So that was a lot of information. Just to quickly recap all of that, we want to be asleep by 10, wake up around 4 or 5 a.m., get in that meditation and your reflection when your mind is clear and connected, 
And then by 6, you can start your day with some movement and a light breakfast. Into the afternoon, you want to eat your biggest meal around noon or 1 p.m., get your most taxing work done. And then as we move into the afternoon, you can reduce the physical activity and get more of your creative work done. And then by 6 p.m., you can start to wind down with an easy-to-digest dinner and any activities that will help you end your day. So that is the Ayurvedic daily routine backed by a 5,000-year-old science to honor our circadian rhythms. And you know, the best way to help get your body back into this natural rhythm is to start small. If you are currently sleeping by midnight, try being asleep by 11.30. And then once you're used to that, try 11. And then you can slowly work your way to 10.30 or 10 p.m. Same with eating breakfast. If you are not a breakfast person, and trust me, I get it, try for something small, a piece of fruit or a handful of nuts, and eventually your body will get used to having food in the early morning. Our bodies are capable of adapting and changing, but we have to make the conscious decision to make that change first. Once we do that, our body and our behavior will follow. And you know, for me, I have been practicing Ayurveda for a little over a year now, and I started very small. I started gradually pushing my sleeping time back. I started gradually waking up a little bit earlier. And as I would wake up earlier, then I started introducing meditation. And, you know, you start small. Nothing is going to change overnight. Nothing, no routine is going to last after just doing it for a week. You know, they say that you have to do something consistently for a moon cycle. So that's around 28 days. If you can do one practice consistently for 28 days, then it will stick. And, you know, after seeing how much positive change implementing these principles brought into my life, I knew I had to create a program so that I could help other people experience how amazing these little changes can make. And so I have a three-month coaching program where we take it week by week. We implement small bits of change that is completely doable. And over time, you will notice the impact that these changes add up to. So my coaching program is really great for anyone looking to restore balance or looking to improve their daily routine, or even if you're just looking for how you can further introduce some Ayurvedic practices into your day. This program is completely customized to you and your needs, and it meets you where you're at. And so all of that information can be found in the show description. I hope this episode brought some newfound insight as to how you can bring your health back into your own hands and start to create space for your own healing. Thank you all so much for being here and for tuning in. Until next time, I will talk to you next Tuesday. Bye.